This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my Kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went? We start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about arguably one of Hawaii's most popular crime-fighting tools on Facebook. We're talking about Stolen Stuff Hawaii. We want to welcome its founder, Michael Kitchens, to the program. Aloha, Michael. Welcome back to PBS Hawaii. I know you've been here before. Uh, before we get started, as I ask all guests, Michael, what school you went? <laughs> Troy, Troy High School. Troy High School. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Texas. I don't think too no many people kidding. know where that's at. What part of Texas did you grow up? Uh, Central. So, so if you've heard of Waco, which yes, a of lot course. of people yeah. have, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's about about. 20 miles out of that. So Troy High School, what was your, your mascot back then? The Trojan. The Trojans. Of <laughs> the course Troy it Trojan. was. Of course it was. Um, sing me a verse of your alma mater. Oh, gosh. Hell, Troy High School, that's off to you. Okay, that's about it. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good, you know. Everybody, everybody I've asked so far, nobody has agreed to sign, except some Kamehameha people. But, but oh, welcome, welcome. What brought you to Hawaii, Michael? Uh, you know, I was actually in the military. It was okay. my first duty station. Came here in 94. Uh, Schofield, you were in the uh, Army? Air Force. Air so Force. I was Hickam. at um, Hickam. Hickam. And you just fell in love and stayed? Well, I fell in love with my wife. That's so. what I was going to say. That's usually <laughs> the case, but I didn't want to go yeah. down that path without you, you approving. But yeah, you fell in love with the, with the local girl. Right. And, uh, you know, she's uh, she's a Farrington grad, and, and she, uh, she, well, actually, we were here from 97, until uh, about 97, 98, and we left. And then I came back in 2004. 2004. It wasn't gone too long, actually. Yeah. So. And home is home is here. Huh? Yes, pretty much. Yes. Home is here. All right. Take us back to 2013. Um, I understand that's what triggered all of this. A close relative of yours became a victim of theft, and uh, maybe take us back to that event if you remember. Are you I was a yard worker, repairman? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I joined Facebook, for example, yeah. in 2009. Never really was a huge proponent of it, and but I realized that there was, you know, there's this incredible ability to communicate with people. And, of course, I had my own page with my own friends. And my brother-in-law back then, actually, he, he was a landscaper, you know, long-term, 10, 12 years, had been doing it. He had a van that was just full of odds and ends and the types of things that you collect mm-hmm. over when you do something like that. You don't just accumulate that all at once. And somebody stole his van. Um, they found it like a couple days later, and it was completely barren, empty. They found the van, but nothing else was in it. So if you can imagine... You know, this is his everyday job. This is his livelihood. And yeah. yeah, and he was just, he was done. He could not go back to work. And you said something, something needs to be done about that. I mean, th- these are the types of crimes that are, uh, that, that sometimes people don't even see, obviously, because it's not, you're not the victim, but they're everywhere. It's a property crime. Yeah. And people think that property crime doesn't hurt people, but it, oh it does in such a tremendous way. So, because of that, he actually ended up taking a break from landscaping, and I think he actually ended up retiring earlier than he wanted to. But the whole thing happened in such a way that it's like, well, man, if you know, Facebook is a really good way to to communicate. What if I just post it on my page? Mm-hmm. So I posted on my profile. I got a couple shares, a couple likes. Um, obviously, Facebook is way different than how it is it was back then. Mm-hmm. But it it just it percolated for a little bit, you know. And I just thought, well, man, what if I how can, I, how can I use this platform? 
because I was already a big fan of bulletin boards. I was an admin of my own bulletin boards, HawaiiTalks.net, which was a bulletin board back in the day before Facebook. <laughs> and uh, it uh, it just hit me that, man, I, could think, I think we can do something with this. So I went for it. I, went, I created a page first, realizing that in that day that it wouldn't work. And eventually I wanted a group. I, I decided to make a group because I didn't want to be the one that was sharing. Right. I wanted other people to be able to share their stories. And that's what groups seem to be most appropriate for. So you came up with the, t- this is back in 2014, a year later, uh, early 2014, you came up with the title Stolen Stuff Hawaii? Or how did, how did that come about? And and boy, I bet you it skyrocketed. Just, just a launched. discussion. It was just a discussion. I was like, man, I, where can I post about the stolen stuff? You know, and it was right. just like, oh, stolen stuff. Well, I need to make sure that everybody knows it's in Hawaii. Stolen Stuff Hawaii, okay. I, in some ways, the name wasn't probably the best because people think it's only stolen stuff, right. but it's not. We encompass everything. everything. And that's what happened yeah. uh, is after a short amount of time, I think once you hit over 5,000 people, you can't change the name anymore. So that's just what it became. Um, I wouldn't say that it was an immediate success. Yeah. <laughs> it took a good year just to get to probably like 600, 700 people. But with every time, the first early days, it was just me going out and searching Facebook and grabbing whatever I could to share to that group and just putting in the work. And it was myself adminning for a long time. Mm-hmm. I brought in some of my, one of my friends later on, Lois, uh, Lois Iwashita Brown, who, who helped kind of help it. But there's a certain point when you get at least like, you know, 1,500, uh, 2,000 something members, it starts to extrapolate mm-hmm. because people share it to their own profiles. Right. They share it out. And that's how we, we've just basically gotten to where we're at. A hundred and almost 55,000, what do you call it, followers or members? Uh, I'd say it's members, members because yeah. they have to actively choose. They've yeah. got to follow, accept the rules and become members. And that's only on Facebook. On Instagram, we're, you know, over 140, I'm um, 100, pardon me, only 40,000. Altogether, it's about over 190,000 people total that we have reached for. Between the two platforms. Right. It's a crime fighting fighting tool. I mean, I remember when I was a, a reporter toward the end of my career at KHON, I mean, you were already a part of discussions in the newsroom all the time, not you personally, but stolen stuff away. I mean, because it, it became a resource, uh, not only for the media, uh, but also uh, HPD, I'm sure, uh, because people talk. The coconut wireless is can be very, very effective, can it not? It's interesting because I think social media is basically an extension of, of you know, the, the natural evolution of communication. You know, we started with the written word, you know, we moved to radio, then we moved to TV, now and, and then... Now we're into the internet, and social media has become that, that incredible platform where anyone can have a voice. You can hear your story. And one of the things with the news is you hear stories and you hear uh, content, but it's very shortened down. Mm-hmm. It's usually very selective, and you don't really get to hear everything. You know, Facebook or social media in general allows a person to tell all the minute details, to express the frustration, the anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sadness, or even the happiness that they're experiencing from their incident. And social media has allowed people to communicate, sometimes negatively, but overall I think it can be used for a positive platform to help people. I got so many things uh, flying through my mind right now. I want to make sure I, I get to them all. You've, you've reunited pets to their owners with this, this uh, tool. Uh, certainly you have to determine what is not, what's become the new word, fake news as opposed to what sensationalism. How, how do you do that? How do you, how do you s- sift through all that nonsense and really come up with something that's genuine, authentic, real, uh, credible? 
Well, I think it's the quality of the member that we invite into the group that we allow. Right. So we vet every single member that comes in. Facebook has changed a little bit, but it's still we still get the ability to do that. So we ensure that the person is a real person that lives in Hawaii or they're military or they are a former resident or they have family here. Or they could be a tourist that actually have an, a need to post. But we have to make sure that they're real. We check the profile, make sure they're fake, either not fake, uh, that sort of things. And we also look at the topic uh, that they're sharing. You know, so anybody can post anything to the group, into the group, and that's one of the things that people don't understand is that you can come to my group and you can post anything. Uh-huh. It wouldn't even be stolen stuff, stolen stuff related. Um, we're a reactive administration. But we do have a lot of moderators, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm very proud of is my moderators, these 18 volunteer people that go in and sift through everything uh, along with myself to ensure that the message they're putting out is appropriate for the group and, and, uh, and that it's legitimate. Yeah, respectful, no profanity, uh, all of those yeah, rules that you folks have. We have a huge chunk of rules. Yeah. Um, boy, those 18 people are, are <laughs> so important, right, to, for this to continue to have its credibility with the community, right? It is. Well, uh, first of all, I couldn't do it by myself right. now. In the first three, four years, it was primarily me, you know, just doing it. But when it got up to 50, 60, 70,000 people, I'm just like, oh, I God. cannot do this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Or I'd, uh, you know, I'd wake up at five and there'd be a, just a, something happened in the middle of the night. And uh, the moderators, uh, all of my moderators, I wish I could pay them. They're all volunteer, though. They do it out of the goodwill, uh, their own goodwill and, and their need to help their community. And they're amazing people, I think. And they come, they come from all walks of life. Right. So. And so in 26, two years later, the city recognized the good work and, and really um, this is an outstanding community service. What does that felt? I mean, that must have been gratifying for you. Maybe gratifying is not the right word. That must have been fulfilling to to see it's, that it it uh, it melts my it melt my, melted my heart because uh, I don't think people understand the commitment that we have taken. Mm-hmm. It's become a full time job. I've become the dear Abby of stolen stuff. Basically, <laughs> people only see what's on the surface. Yeah. They only see what's in the Facebook group. They don't see. The thousands of interactions I have people in private messaging, phone calls. Hey, I have this problem. Not even, not even for stolen stuff. I have a problem with my kid. Yeah. My kid's, you know, being unruly, or you know, my grandmother. She's, you know, she got ripped off some guy. You know, and I'm, I'm talking to these people physically over the phone, and uh, hearing their problems and and their their difficulties. And I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not an attorney. I'm not even law enforcement. But you know, they need that voice of comfort, and I think sometimes I, I'm able to provide that. So it meant a lot. I bet it did. I bet it did. Uh, you know, back I'm again going going back to my days as a reporter and knowing the power of social media and the power of video or even still f- photos for that matter. But when you post it on social media, the community responds very quickly, whether it's good, bad. I know that dude, oh, that baboos, that's junior. You know what? <laughs> you know, I mean, people get called out on it. You know, uh, it's, I'm going to share a story I've shared before, um, but the power of 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 picture the image, you know, a thousand words, um, but also how misconceptions, fake news can can really go south on one very quickly. I, I, I don't have social media anymore. I used to be very active at KH1 because it was mandated. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was not a proponent of Facebook, but I was mandated to, to do so. But I, I was driving past the uh, Honolulu Hale one day, and I saw a whole bunch of people outside Honolulu Hale on their phones. And... You know, it just looked like uh, a, like maybe there was a fire drill or something at Honolulu Hale. I took a photo of it because there's clearly 30, 40 people just 
surrounded by Honolulu Hale, and no one's talking to each other. Everybody's on the phone. And so I said to my, I said in the picture, what happened to our beautiful Hawaii? Why are we, why don't we talk to each other anymore? Look at this image I captured outside Honolulu Hale. Not one person talking to each other. Everybody was on a phone. And I posted that in the middle of the night at the end of the day. The next morning, my Facebook page blew up. Turns out I was being judgmental. That group that I saw, they were Pokemon. I was about to say it's Pokemon. Pokemon. Was it? uh, I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> they were looking for, uh, uh, what do you, help me out here, guys. I don't know. Pokemon. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know what? Shame on me, right? I'm not kidding you. I, Michael, I got calls. For, I got email, uh, Facebook responses from North Carolina, uh, China. Uh, I mean, just across the globe. Thousands of them. Very upset at me. And so I was like, oh, my God. I didn't know, but I didn't understand the, the power of Pokemon. Uh, but you know what? Shame on me. And so I went in and tried to apologize. Made it worse. Right? So lesson learned. No, I, I, I'm out. Social media is powerful. Powerful. It can be so powerful that it's, it can be used for a lot of bad stuff. Yes. It can be mobbing and bullying, and, but it can also be used for good. But, I mean, those are the things that we are very attentive to. Yeah. You know, with what we do. I mean, difference-making stuff here. Uh, you're talking about even proposing change and law, you know, laws, and 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 you're an advocate of that as well. I mean, this has evolved into you know really a cause for you, and you even had a, a house bill, uh, 1567. Tell us about that and that effort. Well, I mean, as you know, we've we're just now coming out of a pandemic. Yeah. You know, and last year we released uh, you know hundreds of inmates, you know, um, or jail. Right people in jail and the effect, we're just now seeing the effect of that. I think. Yeah. You know, increase in crime, both property crime, violent crime. I really believe in that uh, broken window theory where if you just leave something alone and you let it deteriorate, it just propagates, it propagates crime. And I believe that's what we've been doing with the lack of accountability with, with criminals. There has to be some sort of deterrent. I mean, our judicial system is so overwhelmed. It's a slog to get through. These criminals, when they're arrested, they're getting arrested for maybe one, two crimes that they committed out of 10, Yeah. right? And from that, they don't get a court date until about a year later. Mm-hmm. They don't get any accountability until a year later. In the meantime. In the meantime, they're just going back to what they do. Do mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, some of these guys, that's their job. Mm-hmm. You go look at the record, they have 50, 60, 70 arrests, yeah. 20, 30 convictions, yeah. and that's just the small-time guys. Right. And the, most of that uh, crime on the island is done only by a few people. So when it comes to, for example, bail reform, which I understand there is there are issues with bail. Yeah. And there are ways that we can prove it. No system is perfect. But right now, it's the one thing, I think, that helps protect our community. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes into your store and steals $750 worth of stuff, even though it's a misdemeanor, right. if they come every day that week to right. do it and they just get a slap on the, release, uh, on the wrist and released, they're going to put that store out of business. Now, that's mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. What if it's multiple you know, some of these stores are constantly at yeah. Long's. You've seen it in California. Shut down. Yeah. Had to close their stores because of it. So the anytime we take any manner of accountability away from our system, it's just giving the wrong message to criminals. Let me, let me just re- read what that bill stated. And, and folks are, I mean, there's some evolving things happening even today, by the way. Uh, the bill had stated, the House bill stated, 1567, any defendant arrested, charged, and held for a traffic offense 
violation, nonviolent petty misdemeanor offense, nonviolent misdemeanor offense, or nonviolent Class C felony, shall be ordered by the court to be released on the defendant's own recognizance uh, at arraignment and plea. People are like, are you kidding me? Who set that up? And again, all of it is jail crowding, all of the things that we've heard for many, many years. It's just not a healthy bill. So you folks said, oh, we're not going to sit idle. And you could have easily got 60,000 signatures, could you not? I think so. <laughs> it's a visibility thing. Right. It's so, people are so busy just trying to sure. live. It's really hard to get people to take five minutes to call their rep, much less sign something and right. you know, have to sign up for it. So I think that people, people aren't aware until you make them aware. Right, exactly. It's education. Yeah, not, not many people hang on at the Capitol although more of us probably should, and thankfully people like you. I understand the author, author of the bill has asked the governor to, to veto it. So uh, Representative Matayoshi, he, he yes. actually, we had a meeting with him. I rec- he he sh- sent me an email because somebody said, hey, I, t- I spoke to him. He wants to talk to you. Yeah. So I set up a meeting with him, uh, myself, Megan Cow, who's an, an attorney, a defense attorney, and a former prosecuting attorney, yeah. as well as Shopo, uh, Bobby uh, Kovac, and, and St- Stephen. Um, and... Uh, the end result was that I think there just was no commentary of testimony. Mm-hmm. It, it got through the legislature without really many of us knowing it. And if you don't stay up on that stuff, yeah. it just goes right by, uh-huh. you know. And the only people he had testifying was people who were for it. But when you open it up to the general public, you say, look, they're going to release Class C felony offenders, people who steal your car. They're right back out. They burglarize your business. They're back out. You know, harass you, stalk you, arson. Whoa, that, that's just not right. That's just not right, and yeah. the general public responds to that. Yeah. Oh, still would make you think. And I, I know, I know, Rep. Matayoshi. I mean, he's a very smart young man, and and thinks well for his constituents' community. This is not about uh, pointing fingers at any lawmaker for for any any reason, but it makes you wonder. Well, what were you thinking when you when you authored that? I mean, who, who is this motivated? What is this motivated by? That is one of the things. So. He, I think he was trying to hit – the way he explained it to us, he was trying to hit a moderate version of the bill. Yeah. Because he didn't make the people who were supportive like, you know, some of the people that were for it. He didn't make them happy either. Yeah. You know, he was looking for a kind of a middle-of-the-road thing. He's trying to make, do something good. But in our viewpoint, it's like, well, how many constituents actually asked you for this? I mean, look right. what's happening right yeah. now. And But the thing is, is he was gracious, yeah. respectful. Um, obviously, there was a little bit of heat in the conversation sure. because of what it was about. But I even told him, like, listen, we didn't go back to you guys because we already missed our opportunity to talk. We're coming to the late. late. That's why we're going to the governor, because he's the only one that can really stop this right now. Yeah. You know, so and he understood that. I, I, I do feel bad that people do go after our legislators sometimes yes. because I'm a very civil, tactful person. Yes. I understand the process. We didn't follow the process. We're coming in so late. Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of guilty of, of missed, that. Yeah. It's a missed opportunity. But then again— you have a responsibility to make the most of that opportunity because it's a public forum and it exists. But yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I have a lot of lot of lawmaker friends who who I mean, they have the, their hearts in the right place. We kind of we kind of di- uh, we didn't really di- diverge here because I think what what's evolved with you, Michael, is, is you saw this one example of a crime committed, a property crime that impacted this person like in a really deep way. And here you are <laughs> meeting with meeting with people, lawmakers, uh, you know, a short, you know, what is this, nine years later? That's difference-making stuff, and I just wanted to thank you for your good work. 
I mean, you came here, fell in love with the local girl, fell in love with the islands, and and you're making a difference. So so good on you. You know. And well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. I yeah. you know I. I do like the stress that it, you know, this thing is, um, a lot you, of hang on. You like the stress? No. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I misheard you. I get man. enough of that. <laughs> Cause I was going to ask your wife yeah, how yeah, she yeah. feels about that I phone don't look going as good off. As, as when I first started this. Yeah, tell me about that it. <laughs> I used to be six foot three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that, uh, it's community. Yeah. That's what makes it so powerful. Every new member who's, he, they bring their eyes to the table, man or woman. And what it does is it increases the power and the, the reach of the group and its impact on the community. And I think that's what's amazing. People tend to forget that they, they see me in the streets. Oh, I'm going to take a picture with you, Mike. You know, you're still on stuff. I'm like, man, I didn't do anything today. You know, I moderated a few people. You need to be thinking about the people that uh, that have made that impact. You know, the people that saw something. Mm-hmm. They kept their eyes open and saw that car on the street or saw that person, you know, doing something bad and, and took a moment. That's what's most powerful. That's what makes SSH work. Oh, it's, it's an acronym now. Yeah. That's when yeah. you know you've arrived now. <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Just easier to say. <laughs> yeah, you, right. I got a question. Of, I, I'm going to wrap this up very shortly, but I, I've enjoyed this conversation with you, Michael. When, when you look back at your years at Troy uh, uh, High School, Troy, um, and in Waco, obviously Waco has had its share of, of, of publicity, media. Uh, it's also the home of, uh, help me out here, the college. Uh, oh, well, you got Baylor. And- Baylor, well, Baylor yeah. University, a whole bunch of others. Um could this work in other cities, states, in Waco? Yes and no. Yeah. Uh, so I do have groups. I've got Stol- Stolen Stuff Texas. I've got Stolen Stuff California, Stolen Stuff Washington. Wow. And they, are, they work to a degree. You need someone who is just as dedicated as I am to run those groups. And I, but they have to live in the community. Yes. And there are groups like uh, Stolen Stuff Kansas, which came after, or Stolen Kansas, KC, Stolen KC, which is a group that's modeled after mine. Mm-hmm. Some people took my concept and ran with it in Kansas. They've done quite well. Um, but the thing is you need people that are dedicated to it. I think Hawaii works, though, in a much bigger way than any other place because we're our own little ecosystem. We're by ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't just cross a border or, or a state line to get away. You know, everybody knows here, everybody <laughs> here. We're a community. And yeah. you know, like you said, the Coconut Wireless, it's just social media form. And because we care about each other, I think – in a way that, honestly, I mean, the mainland's amazing, but I think in some ways, Hawaii's uh, community is very special. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. From Hilo to Hanalei. I mean, we, we are an island state, but very much connected. And like you said, everybody knows everybody. And, um, you know, I mean, we're not cheers where you walk in and, hey, Norm, <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and I've got milk bone underwear on. Uh, you know, but we, but we, know, we know each other. And and that's what makes this so darn effective as a tool for for families, um, visitors, the, the the media, and, and and law enforcement. So again, congratulations to for uh, having this vision. I mean, just I can't I put it another way. You had this vision that evolved and is now this machine. It, it is is actually running by itself now. Yeah. I'm very. You know, I guide it. I make sure that it's sticking to the principles that I believe in because I have very strong core principles about certain things. And it's just taking – I'm, I'm most proud of what we've done with law enforcement. We help law enforcement. Yep. And I've heard, had so many officers, detectives, CRU, you know, the patrolmen, and the higher-ups have said, you know, we use SSH yep. in their daily jobs. Yep. So it's it's amazing. I know I know of many up in the brass uh, uh, at HPD who say, yep. 
totally, totally respect what you folks have done through the years. Well, congratulations again. And, and again, st- thanks for stopping by to PBS Hawaii. And thanks for being a part of what school you went. And thanks for singing your alma mater. I think you might be the first who, who, who did <laughs> it on a I got it right. Most, most people don't even remember it. So good on you again. Hey, continue success. Continue good health. I know you got other projects. I want to welcome you back to what school you went. Uh, I know uh, racing is a very passionate part of you, who you are as well. So let's let's talk about that. Um, bringing a legal track back to Hawaii, so very important, right? Certainly, I would be very happy. Oh, yeah. That. Thank you so much. I mean, take the racing off the streets and get them back where they belong. All right, on. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, folks. This is a good one. Join us next week, uh, next time for another episode of What School You Went. Until next time. Oh, by the way, one more thing. To all the uh, Stolen Stuff Hawaii members, how's it? Thanks for joining us. Aloha. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.